0: Here's Spencer
1: Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play back in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Thursday, May 21st, wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I am Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who currently features Mike Tyson's punch out in his top seven Nintendo games, Jerem Jordan.
2: I love it. So it's the story of this boxer named Mac, and he is perhaps a little undersized compared to some of his opponents, but he's got a ton of bounce, a ton of fight, and frankly, I think he would have been a good fit at BYU. Like, like if Mac from uh, Mike Tyson's punch-out had shown up at BYU, I think may, that's like the equivalent of Ty Detmer or something, just this guy that comes in and just becomes this star later. Right,
1: Mac hails from that tough East Coast setting, Jerem. Yes,
2: Yes, he does. I love Mac. I love that game. I love that game.
1: Great game. I love me some Little Mac. I also love Big Macs.
2: Yeah, you do. I'm not as uh, much of a fan of that particular sandwich, but the name is awesome. Return
1: of the Mac is one of my favorite songs. We have
2: uh, what's called an emulator. Is that what it is? right? Mm -hmm. And it has all these Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and Sega games, right? That's pretty awesome. We, we enjoy that.
1: Yeah, absolutely we do.
2: I feel like we haven't had as much time to play that as we had <laughs> in the past. Maybe a few years ago we beat NBA Jam one summer. Right now I feel busier than normal because we're coming up with as much content as we can for you, right? And maybe it's for us, too. The
1: juices of creativity are flowing for yep. sure. Today's show lineup about to hit like a Mack truck, Jerem. Nice. Okay, I'll stop. see what you did there. BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood will join us. Do voluntary workouts in June for other teams mean things will get back to normal for his team? And what's the deal with only five rounds of the Major League Baseball draft? Our best to wear it segment features a great debate at number 15, plus Gavin Baxter's deep blue special from BYU basketball. And dope or nope, BYU counting as a signature win for a... Power 6 team? (laughs) Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines.
2: The NCAA Division I Council has voted to approve voluntary athletic activities for football, men, and women's basketball starting June 1st. The status of other sports will be voted on later. Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan told KSL Radio's Unrivaled show he has talked frequently with BYUAD Tom Holmle during the pandemic about the September 3rd matchup. Both sides are hoping that the rivalry game will happen. Now, I think this is... Uh, well said by Mark Harlan. because if the Pac-12, which has reportedly discussed playing only conference games, can't, he can still say, well, I wanted to, but the league is mandating we're doing this.
1: Please, football, September 3rd.
2: That'd be nice. Let's go. Well, coming up quick on a lot of these, we'd have to start practicing dates, right? We're what, six weeks away from fall camp or something, right?
1: That just seems
2: crazy. Is, is it more than that? Sorry, June and July? Is it like 10? No, it's 10 weeks. But if they need six weeks or whatever to get ready for we then in four to six weeks we need to announce, yes, this is happening, right?
1: Yes. It's a good sign. So
2: we're like 10 weeks out. You know. That
1: voluntary workouts are being approved as of June 1st. That's good. That's good. Brigham Young University will opt out of taking $32.3 million what? from the government. Yeah, we don't want it. What? Part of the CARES Act fund... This according to the Salt Lake Tribune. Now, for the record, BYU was allotted the most money of any school in the state of Utah, obviously to help out with things during the pandemic and provide uh, financial relief to support students. Instead, the university announcing it will use its own funds to support students. University officials have asked the U.S. Department of Education to reallocate those funds of $32.3 million to other universities and institutions in need.
2: The reason BYU has the most of any school is because it's one of the biggest schools in, in the state, as well as the fact that BYU has a sound funda- financial fundamental backing and uh, situation. For this reason, I don't believe BYU will cut any sports. I do not believe that. A lot of schools are cutting Olympic sports right now. East Carolina literally just cut swimming and tennis and stuff. I don't believe BYU will cut any sports. I hope that that is the case when I send them. All right. A one-time transfer waiver resolution is dead until at least the 2021-22 academic year. Here's Andy Katz on the waiver from Voiceover with Greg and Chip.
3: I do think it ultimately will happen for the fall of
4: 21-22. Uh, the one-time waiver, uh, because the NCAA needs to get out of the business of judging and being the, you know, judge and jury of whether or not your grandmother or your your aunt is sick. Um, to get a waiver, but I just didn't think that was going to happen right away amid this pandemic.
2: You can see that full interview on the BYU TV Sports uh, social media platforms. The Division One Council is developing legislation for transfer eligibility in January 2021, as Andy Cash just said, which would not be effective until the 21-22 academic year. I believe that that would be a good move. Just one time, you can go anywhere, that's fine. Grad transfers would still apply, but You can't just bounce around everywhere. I I think there need to be rules in place, and I agree. NCAA can't be judge and jury. Come on.
1: No. I do love the idea of a one-time exception. You know, because if a kid's like – A coach can do it. And a student, for any general student can transfer wherever they want as many times they want, right? You can
2: do it in any job you want. You can do it in marriage. You know what I mean? Like all these other walks of life, you can just bounce. Why not?
1: One-time exception seems like a nice exception. Yeah. BYU Men's Tennis has a brand new head coach. Welcome, Mr. Dave Porter. That announced yesterday as the new BYU Director of Tennis and head coach of the men's program specifically. Porter takes over in Provo after recently coaching at BYU Hawaii and at a high level. He led the Seasiders men's and women's programs to a combined 11 NCAA Division II or NAIA National Championships. He was the ITA National Coach of the Year six times over Porter's 33-year career at BYU-Hawaii. He posted an 822 win percentage, 1,410 wins, only 188 team losses. That's getting it done. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending.
0: You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending, a BYU
1: sports nation. Ohio State University. Excuse me. The... Ohio State University is currently conceptualizing and considering a plan that would allow somewhere between 20 and 30,000 fans to attend home college football games at the historic Horseshoe this fall. Within this plan are measures to maintain adequate social distancing and create a safe, healthy environment for attendees. Now, for the record, the Horseshoe has a seating capacity of just under 105,000. Do some quick math, and that's about twenty to thirty percent of the stadium's capacity. Jeremy Lavelle Edwards Stadium, with similar math applied, that would equal about fifteen to roughly eighteen thousand fans in a venue that holds up to sixty-three thousand. Is this proposed model a reasonable expectation for fans given the current COVID nineteen pandemic situation?
2: There's so many questions I have to ask with this. Is it okay? Your household can sit next to each other. Because you don't have to be six feet away from those you're hanging out with all the time in your house, right? It's the other groups of people, like you and I, are more than six feet away sitting here, right?
1: And how do you govern that it's actually a family?
2: Right. And when they're coming in, is everyone spread out? Like, it's going to take hours to maybe get these people seated. Um, I I don't know. I I think we're all kind of scratching at what we don't know, which is, okay, in a few months, what's this going to be like? Currently, yeah, the question is, and this is our question of the day we'll get to is, are you comfortable going in the first place, right? So I would imagine people have masks. Our existence is completely different right now, and it will be for a while until there's a vaccine, and then we feel comfortable getting potentially getting sick, but we have the answer to it for most cases. That's not going to be all cases, but the idea of what we're seeing on BYU of people right next to each other. <laughs> swaying back and forth, arms just around each other. It just feels weird, right? like slapping
1: uh, high fives with random fans in the stands.
2: I, it's that when I tweeted last week when I see that I feel like wow, that was a long time ago. Never in the earth's history have we had the issues we have the blessings and the issues we have now. Travel, technology, these have created a situation where things can spread much quicker, right? And the fact that we have sports and its role in the economy is different we need to get out there and be playing at some point, right? There are certain people's jobs, and there's a certain level of mental health associated with sports that a lot of us are experiencing. Like, no sports, what's going on? Yes, other, other, there are other things in life, but if you're watching this, you're probably a fan of sports. I would like sports back emotionally, mentally at some point, but obviously safety is at the forefront.
1: I've always been a handshake guy. When am I going to shake somebody's hand again? Will that ever happen again? It'll happen again. We need a a vaccine probably, right, for people to feel comfortable about shaking hands. I I like the idea. I think it's smart of Ohio State to get out ahead of this conversation and just kind of put something out there and say, hey, we think we can do this. And uh, I, I don't know how feasible it is when you're considering concessions and
2: oh, moving concessions? through tunnels. No, you're bringing in your own food probably, right? You're
1: going to require everyone to wear a mask and all of that stuff. I, I like the idea. I, I like that they are progressively and actively looking at something that if we can play college football, this is how we're going to do it. It's going to be impossible to govern fans other than making sure that they stay in designated seating areas okay like you can probably do that but how do you know hey is that a member of your family is 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 that person approved to be in your you can't do that what you can do is mandate that okay you can sit 25 people here and then this number of feet away you can sit another group of up to 25 people that that's about all you can manage but really it comes down to how comfortable each individual feels about attending a game. Like, are you okay going into a stadium with upwards of twenty to 30,000 people in the case of Ohio State? Are you comfortable mentally doing that? And as you said, Jeremy, our question of the day is going to attack that. I think that a lot of people, especially in the state of Utah, BYU fans in the state of Utah, are leaning towards, yeah, because we have flattened the curve and things are now at the yellow designation. It's not a red or orange scenario. But things can change very quickly.
2: (laughs) Right, right. And uh, let's be honest, the least of our concerns is like attending a football game, you know. But if we can do it, we'll do it. Topic two. The Associated Press reports the Pac-12 has discussed regular season games with 11 conference games only. BYU without a conference could be left to the whims of whatever is left over, potentially an independent schedule. We'll see. But let's look at 11 games. If you could remove one game from this year's BYU football schedule, which game would it be?
1: I'm going to do you a favor, Jerem. Me? Yep.
2: How about Cougar Nation?
1: Okay, <laughs> Week Four at Minnesota. Take that You're ruining game,
2: Matt Richardson's. Life. Take that game
1: off the schedule, and it's more about the Week Four scenario than it is about the actual opponent of Minnesota. If BYU wanted to play Minnesota in Week One, Week Two, Week Three, Week Five, great. Just not Week Four, which brings us to our stat of the day.
0: It's the BYU Sports Nation Stat of the Day.
1: BYU football is one in four in Week Four against Power Five opponents during the Independence Era. The lone win came against Virginia at the height of Taysom Hill's athletic awesomeness
2: at BYU. I believe Virginia went two and ten that year. No, 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 no. F- Sorry.
1: 5 and 7 I
2: believe. 5 and 7. But still a oh, losing five record. 5 and 7 way better, my bad.
1: A losing record for Virginia that year. <laughs> BYU had losses to Michigan 31 nothing at the Big House. Yikes. Got blown out at home against Wisconsin in 2017 lost a tough game against West Virginia in 2016 and got blown out last year by Washington in the game that Tyson Williams blew out his knee. Week four has been a beast for the Cougars over nearly a decade of independence.
2: Wait, so you're saying playing a bunch of Power Fives in a row is hard? At the
1: beginning of the season when the majority are on the road.
2: Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is Mm -hmm. the Wisconsin theory. Before that year in 2017, I said, there's no way BYU is winning this game because it's the fourth Power Five in a row.
1: BYU can move the Minnesota game to another week. Just don't play the Gophers on the road against row the boat in week four. It's a road game and the fourth consecutive Power Five team to open up the 2020 season. Three of those happening away from Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Please give me North Alabama in week number four, just as a respite. A respite from having to play Utah, Arizona State. Like it it just there needs to be a break. It's so much, so early. So if I could remove one game from this year's schedule, it would be week four against Minnesota.
2: I agree. Yeah, the four in a row, it's just too hard. You're just begging for one and three or two and two, right? I I would love the opportunity to go three and one and feel comfortable coming out of that or, you know, no worse than two and two. But we're
1: looking at the, hey, two and two would be great. That's the scenario that we're in because of the schedule set. It's
2: relatively great. It's not actually great, right? Two and two is never great, you know. It's 500. No, it's not great. It's relatively great. Uh, Arizona State's an interesting one if we couldn't do Minnesota, right? 8-5 um, and five team. They, they feel like they're building and growing, right? Jaden Daniels, dual threat guy. They like him. Uh, Minnesota, yeah, I, I agree with that answer. Uh, I would not want to take off Utah. I would not want to take off Michigan State for quality home game. And I'm with you. You can't make it a bye week. You've got to play somebody. So why not North Alabama? Live on BYU TV in week three.
1: Give me North First Alabama. Time. Yeah. Please, just some type oh, of break. It should be North Alabama.
2: Yeah. That's right. You whisper the first part, and then it sounds like it's Alabama.
1: You've got Utah, <laughs> Michigan State, at Arizona State, and then you got to go from playing at Arizona State to Minnesota? I mean, that.
2: They have just, airplanes, so luckily they'll fly. But, I mean, if they had, had to, hits. like, drive, that would be harder for sure.
1: I just hope the football is happening, which takes us back to our question of the day. If BYU football had a game today on May 21st, That'd be weird. Would you feel comfortable going and why? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. First response in on Twitter from at Nomad My guy, Mark McCready. Yes, I'm not worried about catching or causing anyone to get sick. We've done just about everything we can to mitigate COVID-19. I trust that how I live my life will help me fight illness should I get sick with anything. I just pray others feel the same. Hashtag Cougar cure all.
2: I wish that was the
1: case. (laughs) Hashtag BYUSN to join the conversation. Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.
2: Coming up, who's the best to wear number 15? It's a great debate.
1: And BYU baseball head coach Mike Littlewood joins us. Is minor league baseball in big trouble as a whole? And what's the latest with Cougs as they seek pro aspirations? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the latest
2: voiceover with Greg and Chad, the guys chat with Kalani Take about whether we may see college football, when we might, what he thinks. Watch the show on BYU TV Sports, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and IG account.
1: We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. We welcome in on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline via Zoom the head baseball coach at BYU, Mike Littlewood. Coach, great to have you back on the show. How are you surviving uh, now that we are two-plus months into no live sports?
4: (laughs) It's so awesome. I just love it. (laughs) No, like, I'm, I, I, when, uh, Jordan Christiansen, our sports information director for baseball, said, hey, would you want to? I said, yes. I didn't even know what he was talking about. I said, yeah, I'll do it. Would so, you want to? So here I am. Yes. Here I am. Would not rather be no place than right here.
2: That's hilarious. Well, I we didn't do this on purpose, but today would be day one of the WCC tournament, right, oh, um, wow. in Stockton, which I, I have tried to avoid these things, but it's just the reality of the situation is, well, what else? Yeah. Hey, do you want it? Yes. Yeah. This would have been a, t- <laughs> yeah. a time where you're trying to win a tournament, trying to get into the NCAA tournament. Right. So um, we we've talked to you since the pandemic hit, but what is it that your program is doing to deal with this and try and continue to train and be effective amidst a pandemic?
4: Well, you know, our spring sports softball and baseball that I, I know better than anything um, where it's kind of unique because our, our season, would end in hopefully a few weeks but it could have ended last week and and most of our guys go out and play summer baseball if they're not married we you know we we pretty much make them go play summer baseball if they're not married If they're married we get it got to make money got to do do your thing but um so summer baseball has pretty much been canceled for those guys and and um we're actually trying to put together just a little league here in salt lake with all the utah um, universities through somebody else we're trying to we're trying to, I guess, logistically work that out for them. And so there's just a lot of uh, unknowns. We, we've had zoom meetings with them. I I'm calling every one of our guys individually and just having chats with them seeing how they're doing. Most of them are doing great. You know, mentally we did great in school, which, um, I have team GPA of three, three Oh, three one, which is for baseball. Um, I'd like to say it's always three, five, but it's not, um, baseball is usually right there by football at a, a two eight two eight, two nine And, um, so the guys did great in football. We had like five four O's, um, which wow. was great. So, yeah, just trying to stay in contact with them pretty much right now.
1: Now, Coach, the NCAA has uh, put out a statement that they are going to allow – some voluntary workouts as of June first. How does this affect your program and For football programs? and basketball, For football and basketball specifically? For
4: football and basketball, yeah.
1: Does this? Do you have any leeway in any of this with football and basketball being like, hey, can 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 we do some stuff too, or or have they kind of said you're still shut down?
4: Well, the way it affects us really is just our facility being open to the guys who want to come out here and play catch that are that are in town. Um, we can't. We can't legally with the NCAA rules be with our guys at all until the first day of school in the fall and so for us it's the facility opening up means a lot I mean it's progress Um, and what it does is it allows our guys to come over and throw throw bullpens use the tunnels use the field to hit Um, and obviously maybe work towards opening up our fall instructionally for high school kids and, and doing that stuff which usually starts at the end of August 1st of September so we're trying to work towards all that stuff. Um, but really for us, it's just allowing them a place to come and work out um, with us not being able to be with them at all.
2: Is the baseball facility open or will it be open? I know BYU shut down everything and is, has played it uh, you know, very safe like most people have. I guess what's the, what's the schedule if there is one at this point?
4: Yeah, I mean, all of our facilities are, are shut down um, through the end of May. And um, I guess we'll get word from, from there. And it looks like football and basketball are going to be opened up June 1st. Um, and so hopefully we'll follow shortly thereafter. Um, again, it's really not a huge deal to us, but um, I guess mentally, it's, it's more just mentally that, that we're going to make incremental progress towards opening up more than, hey, you're shut down another month. I mean, that's kind of – they shut down our recruiting. They, they, they extended our recruiting moratorium in baseball – uh for another month and so we won't be able to get out and recruit until july 1st there's a bunch of youth stuff starting up which is encouraging um and so there will be some youth games being played that we could go see but we can't go see them and i don't know if that's an equity thing like hey the people in new york and california can't go out because they're still locked down a little bit more than we are but um we're looking forward to getting out and recruiting too as soon as we possibly can
1: BYU Baseball Head Coach Mike Littlewood on BYU Sports Nation. The Major League Baseball draft has been shortened to five rounds, this from the usual 40. So how does this affect BYU guys? And we'll continue this conversation after just the draft at first, but Minor League Baseball seems to be in kind of big trouble right now. So, so Coach, let's start with the draft first. How does this affect your BYU guys?
4: Well, I think there was probably three guys that we – if, if there was 40 rounds, like usual, I, I would, have, would have suspected that we would have lost three, maybe four guys. Um, and you never know, it could have been three, could have been five. And I doubt any one of those guys will be drafted in the first five rounds. And there's another five rounds of free agent signees. And uh, I know a bunch of our guys have been contacted um, that way. But that's kind of, uh, you know, every single one of our guys, it's interesting, the whole thing, and we won't get into that as far as leverage and, and when to sign and when not to in baseball. But um, all of our guys are going to have leverage again, you know it 's just except for the seniors that they 're coming back and um say a guy like Mitch McIntyre who 's been contacted by six or seven teams wanting to sign him as a free agent and it 's interesting that some of the teams are saying well you 're not going to have your your leverage next year, well, he will because he's you know he he got his year of eligibility back, and so i've been trying to have some conversations with those guys and direct those guys um, that way but College baseball is going to be better than it's ever been in the next couple of years because all the you know all these schools that have signed these high school kids that they say let's just say LSU they signed probably twelve high school kids and they probably expected eight of those guys six or eight of those guys to sign in the major league draft coming up in, in a week or you know a couple of weeks well no, you know maybe now it's going to be one or two of those kids that are going to sign because there's only five rounds. So those guys are coming in, and then their are juniors that were going to leave. They probably expected, you know, sixty percent of those guys to get drafted because that's the kind of program. Well, now it's probably going to be twenty percent of those kids that, that are going to be drafted. What do you do with all those? We only have thirty five roster spots. They're not they're probably not going to allow more than that above above and beyond the seniors, and definitely not more money. And so, what do you do? And only, only nine can play anyway. So um uh, I, I could see a lot of those power five schools running into some big time problems and then a, and then obviously a bunch of kids going into the transfer portal it's going to be cra- crazy but college baseball is gonna be very very good the next couple of years
2: baseball has 11.7 scholarships i don't know how they come to that number that's a separate discussion but i don't either <laughs> if you don't know that's uh that's wild right i have no idea um <laughs> uh, so with these seniors who can return, have they figured out how that number is affected or is it uh, how that works financially?
4: It's like they're not even there. So <laughs> they've, you can add the roster. So we have two coming back. So our roster is gonna we will be allowed to have 37 instead of 35. And then the, the money, if they were on money, you can offer them the same money or you can offer them less or zero to come back. Um, we're offering our guys the same amount that they had. And um, they can choose to come back or not. Uh, Abe Valdez and Jared Lesser are both coming back, so roster wise, it's like they don't count. Money wise, you know, besides the financial um, burden of just having to pay this extra scholarship money, uh, that's not counted against our eleven point seven.
1: Coach, uh, with the minor league baseball teams not being able to play, and you got a bunch of guys out there. Mike Rucker has been between Double A AA and Triple A as a pitcher. He's wanting to break into the big leagues. Colton Mahoney's still out there. Grinding, working hard. Uh, Jacob Brugman's been a guy that's had his stint in the major leagues, but he's been in Triple A. How is all of this affecting them? Not being able to play and not being able to go through spring
4: training and and be noticed by other teams. It's interesting. I, you know, it's they're they're getting one year older without the the one year of experience of playing, and so it it definitely doesn't help them at all. And. And I don't think minor league baseball is going to be played this year. I've heard that if they do get going with the major league baseball players union and major league baseball, if they can work something out and play. I've heard something like um, a taxi squad situation, like almost a JV team that's practicing, getting ready so they can pull guys up and down and and not even play minor league baseball. I'm actually, um, my son has a company that um, we're doing some, just some work for him. It's, it's actually warehouse work. It's somewhere to go every single day. And I'm working with, uh, Jackson Klopp and Daniel Schneeman will stays. So being able to talk to those guys a little bit, they don't, they're, they're not getting any information on what's happening. It's just, Hey, try to stay ready. Uh, maybe, maybe we'll have uh, an extended fall instructional league for you guys. But um, you know, there's so many unknowns. I think the big leagues are the number one thing, but I will say, I think major league baseball has try, been trying to cut a lot of the minor, lower minor league teams for, for a little bit now for a few years. Um, I know, that Orem and, and Ogden and all, the, all these teams have been kind of going through that wondering if they're going to have franchises. And I think this is major league baseball's opportunity to um, kind of thin the herd that way a little bit. And, and it use the excuse of COVID to, to do that. So we'll, it, it'll be interesting, but I think we'll see a reduced number of, of minor league teams, um, obviously less guys going into the draft.
2: BYU said no to the federal funding of 32 mil, said, you keep it. We feel like we're good. To me, that was a great sign, Mike, for the Olympic sports. I feel like BYU's always been comfortable in that regard uh, with the backing from the church, of course. But there are a lot of schools cutting a lot of Olympic sports. I felt like that was a good sign for BYU. How did you feel in terms of kind of the stable finances of the university?
4: Well, uh, Coach Homo has done a great job keeping all the, all the head coaches informed on, on what's going on and, and the financial situation. And the, the great thing about our, our athletic department is we're not in debt um, at, at the moment. And it, it may, and I don't want to speak out of term, but we may go into debt. I mean, it's probably hard not to go into debt sure. at this point a little bit. But um, we're in great financial position. And, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's – I'd be lying if I, I didn't say there's anxiety when you see um, – I think it was Furman who dropped baseball in Bowling Green who dropped baseball. Um, you know, you just never know what's going on in the minds of those who, who are running things, but um, hopefully, you know, we just all make it through this. And and um, I think what we, what we have realized as a, a school, a university and a, and a really as a nation is how important sports are uh, to people and how, how much energy they can release on watching sports and just what it means to everybody who wakes up every single day.
1: Coach, thanks for working us into your very, very busy schedule. Uh, I, <laughs>
4: yeah, I got I to gotta go.
1: <laughs> no, you got a lot going hey, on. Hey, he's
2: got to go to the warehouse with uh, Jackson and Daniel.
1: Yeah, uh, I got to go to the
4: warehouse tonight. That's
1: right. In the meantime, hope you enjoy those workouts, potentially watch a little uh, Korean baseball. Who knows? Um, but yeah, uh,
4: I, I do. I watched LG and Samsung last night, believe it or not. And it was, <laughs> I don't know who won because I didn't watch the whole thing. But, but I have an LG TV, so I was kind of rooting for those guys.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Coach, great to catch up with you, man. Take care.
4: Yeah, thanks, guys.
1: Mike Littlewood on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret <laughs> First, you know why we show. That is show hilarious.
2: He's just, he's just naming TV brands, but those are the actual like sponsors yes, of the team. Yes. But can you imagine? <laughs> it's the whatever. McDonald's versus Burger King. Mean, uh, yeah, I like
1: mean, Big Macs, so I'm rooting for McDonald's. You mean
2: Sioux City versus, uh, you know, uh, Des Moines? What do you What do you mean by that? Coming up, the story of Gavin <laughs> Baxter overcoming an injury this season in deep blue.
1: Oh, so good. Hey, Coach, would you want? To? Yes, yes, I want to do this. <laughs> Plus, the best to wear number fifteen. A serious debate on oh, our man. hands. This is BYU Sports Nation.
2: I don't know the answer here. Let's discuss. Listen to BYU Sports Nation On Demand by downloading the podcast. Just Google BYU Sports Nation Podcast and then you have a podcast.
1: Yeah, it's as easy as that. I am Spencer Linton. He is Jerem Jordan. And that takes us to The Whip.
2: It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Athletics News. The NCAA Division I Council has voted to approve voluntary athletic activities for football men's and women's basketball starting June 1st. The status of other sports will be voted on later. We'll hear what BY decides to do with that. Utah Athletic Director Mark Harlan told KSL Radio's Unrivaled show he has talked frequently with Tom Hommel during the pandemic about the September 3rd matchup. Both sides are hoping that game happens.
1: Brigham Young University will opt out of taking $32.3 million from the government as part of the CARES Act Fund, first reported by the Salt Lake Tribune. The Deseret News just reported that BYU-Idaho, BYU-Hawaii, Enzyme College and BYU in Provo would have received a combined $54 million, all which have been turned down. Now, for the record, BYU was allotted the most federal funding of any Utah college during this pandemic to provide a financial relief to support students. They have asked, and they, I mean university officials, the Department of Education to reallocate the money to other schools that have a greater need.
2: That's, that's awesome. And BYU has a greater need because they have a lot of married students and a lot of Pell Grants. That's kind of where that happens. Uh, Where that comes from. A one-time transfer waiver resolution is dead until at least the 21-22 academic year. d one Council is developing legislation for transfer eligibility in January 21 which would apply that far.
1: BYU men's tennis has a new head coach. Dave Porter announced yesterday as the new BYU director of tennis and head coach of the men's program specifically. He takes over in Provo after recently coaching and doing so at a high level at BYU Hawaii. He led the Seasiders men's and women's programs to 11 combined NCAA Division II or NAIA national championships. Porter's been doing this for 33 years. Welcome to Provo.
2: Football. BYU is ranked 118th on the college football academic progress rate. That's not good. Down a spot from 117th last year. However, however, BYU football tweeted yesterday the team cumulative GPA last semester was 3.31, the highest since 1999.
1: Yeah, I wonder how many programs, it. I wonder just as a general trend, how much better programs will have in terms of just grades because you're competing. Maybe some pass fails yeah. there or something? Yeah, I don't know. You're competing. I mean, in a they way. put in the work. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, yeah. No,
2: but that's something that matters. You can't be 13th worst. Let's go.
1: Fox NFL insider Jay Glazer says Taysom Hill will be the guy come the 2021 season, meaning he will. Take the reins for Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints. Now, several NFL analysts have been saying Hill has proved himself worthy of being the primary backup to Brees in spite of New Orleans signing Jameis Winston. It's <sighs> an
2: interesting time. It is. Not for right now. Jameis threw for 5,000 yards. I know he had the 30 30 touchdowns picks. He threw for 5,000 yards. That's been done by like less than 10 dudes. Come on.
1: He allows Taysom Hill to maintain his current role. Yes. And that's an important thing, clearly, for and the And guess Saints what? Right Jameis
2: Winston, they didn't sign him to be the third string. <laughs> they signed him to be the backup while Taysom does his thing.
1: He, he is a protocol. He, he is a necessary person in line in case something happens to Drew Brees. This all takes us to our Best to Wear It feature today. We've been asking the question each day, at least each day that we do the show. About who is the best athlete to wear every number at BYU. We started at zero with Brandon Davies. Now we're up to number 15.
2: Hey, there are two dudes, and I'm not sure which one is the best. You can go to vote.bytv.org to vote. It's Taylor Sander and Max Hall. So Taylor Sander, men's volleyball, to me the second greatest player in BYU history in volleyball. Ryan Millar being the first. Uh, Second most kills. Second in the rally era in kills per game. Most aces. Four-time All-American, three-time on the first team, two-time Conference Player of the Year, one-time National Player of the Year. Should have been two, <laughs> by the way. <laughs> These resumes One, are ridiculous. 2013, uh, won a bronze in the Rio uh, Summer Olympics in 2016. Uh, in 2014, he competed on the World League Champion USA team. Best outside spiker. I mean, I, I got to call the games for this guy in his career, and it was fun every time. Once he left, I sat in the gym, and I was the last person out. I was so sad. I just sat there.
1: I think I was with you that night, right? When BYU closed out the MPSF title. Beat,
2: beat uh, UCLA. Yeah. yeah.
1: It was hard to leave the it, building. It
2: was hard. So that's one end. Taylor Sander.
1: I know thousands of you are saying, what about Max Hall? The great number 15 for BYU football. 11,569 passing yards. at his is second most in program history. He is the winningest quarterback in BYU history. 32 wins. Had the most
2: starts. He took advantage. Yep.
1: Holy cow. 2009 Sports Illustrated, honorable mention, all-American, three-time All-Mountain West Conference performer, first-teamer in 07, 08, 09. Fourth in the nation in pass efficiency, eighth in completion percentage in 2009. He's in the BYU record book 18 times. Here's a guy that started a few games in the NFL, was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Arizona Cardinals, played professionally for the Winnipeg Blue Bombers as well, and now he's coaching uh, successfully in the high school ranks in Arizona. Matt now he's Hall, number 15
2: as well. Now he's, like, way bigger than you are. Uh, <laughs> when I say you, I mean plural, not just you, Spence, <laughs> and me. He's yeah, clearly it,
1: yeah. bigger than we are. And that, that
2: picture, by the way, that we just showed, that was the San Diego State game. What year was that? Right before the half, it looked like BYU was going to clock it, and he just decided to run. Oh, he, to he just ran it he in for a touchdown. He just ran it in for a touchdown. It was awesome. So right now our poll says uh, Taylor Sander is significantly in the lead, uh, 68 69% over Max Hall right now. I, I can't pick between these two. I really can't. I think these are two all-timers in BYU history.
1: Yeah, literally Max Hall is the... All-time winningest quarterback in BYU football history. That's quite that's notable. Quite the stat there. But Sanders, an Olympian, he's multiple-time All-American. I don't know. He's still
2: really at a really high level, by the way, internationally. Yeah, like he. You could argue he's the best outside hitter on the USA team. Still, still (sighs) in 2020. He's coming off an injury. He's rehabbing a ton. Yeah. Taylor Sander is elite. Indeed. Finally used it correctly. Coming up, Dope or no, Price Jarman's ridiculous haircut.
1: And our deep blue special features Gavin Baxter of BYU basketball. Can we get Gavin an additional year based on what happened with this whole COVID-19 thing? This is BYU Sports Nation.
0: BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the
2: latest BYU Sports Nation right now, the MP siblings of BYU football and women's soccer join Kiki via Zoom. Who's the golden child? Who's the most competitive? The trio's getting real about their sibling-athlete relationship. Check it out on Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter.
1: Welcome back to the show. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan here in Studio B. We just saw a tweet from our colleague Jason Shepard saying, Hey, one year ago we were in Nashville doing the BYU Fan Fest.
2: That was a really fun trip. Really, really fun trip. It was great turnout by Cougar Nation. That was awesome.
1: Took a picture in front of Nissan Stadium, home of the Tennessee Titans, uh, which transitions us to Deep Blue. This week's feature Gavin Baxter of BYU Basketball, Deep Blue presented by Tim Daly Nissan. Uh, we want Gavin to get an additional year. He only played, uh, I think, in
2: six or eight six,
1: games. Yeah, six to eight games for BYU. He, we never really got to see, like, What he could do, but he wanted to be part of the special season, and then it gets shut down. So um, that seven
5: games officially
1: to be determined. For the meantime, here is your inside look at Gavin
4: Baxter.
5: My name is Gavin Baxter. I am from Provo, Utah.
4: Cannon got Gavin penetrate, lobs it to Baxter. (laughs)
6: Baxter finishes the alley.
3: Gavin is a pretty quiet, shy guy at first takes a little while to get to know him.
6: He's always been a pretty relaxed kid. Didn't seem like he was overly competitive when he was a kid. He's kind of got more competitive over the years. I think as the level of the demands of basketball has increased.
3: Great kid. And once you do get him to open up and talk, he's just as crazy as it gets. He's yelling like crazy on the sidelines during games, during practice. But he's another guy who beats to his own drum.
0: One thing that people may not know about Gavin Baxter is he is my personal urban vocabulary lexicon. On the way to Media Day in Las Vegas, he actually challenged me to use whip and bougie in the same sentence in an interview, which I successfully did. He's taught me about drip and whip. You know whip?
2: Yeah. These are all important terms.
0: And bougie. (laughs) I got instruction on Bougie yesterday. See, look at this. The film crew doesn't know what that means. They're <laughs> like, I don't know what you're talking
3: okay, about. OK, then who do you think is the bougiest
6: on the team?
0: It's Gab. It's got to be okay. Gab. Gab has, Gab is like, he Gab takes you. this seriously. He's having the conversation with Coach. It's
6: for
5: sure Gab <laughs> does. My mom has been such a huge person in my life. I think a lot of it goes back to how she grew up and her story.
6: My parents are from the West Indies and they actually emigrated to the UK when they were just having kids and I was born in London, but a few months later we moved up to Glasgow, to Scotland. And that's where I actually grew up my whole life.
5: And probably not the the greatest of circumstances, she didn't have a lot, but she did have a talent for running.
6: I thought that sounded like a fun thing to do. My dad used to be a runner, my uncle ran in the Olympics for Trinidad. And so there was this idea, okay, I'll go and try running, not really thinking much of it, but I actually found out I was pretty good at it. And by high school, I was running on a national level. I came over to BYU and the track coach recruited me to run on BYU's team. He read about me in a magazine and thought that I looked like a, I'd fit into the BYU culture. And so that's how I got to, to Provo. I didn't know anything about America. I'd never been to America before. I took it as a good opportunity to come over and to take my chances and see what happened. i spent more time in this building than anywhere in this city. It really was kind of my second home. She's
5: really been an an example to me of using your talents to not only help yourself and improve your life, but others around you, your family, your friends, anybody you come across, not being satisfied with where you're but always pushing yourself, even when things are hard in the face of adversity, just to improve yourself, become a better person no matter what's happening around you.
6: Every athlete, their biggest fear is getting
5: injured. I went up for a rebound and just got tangled up with one of my teammates, and my shoulder got dislocated.
0: It was just kind of a freak thing. He was just going for a rebound. It didn't look like anything too serious on film. Just two guys going for a rebound, and he just got twisted the wrong way.
5: Go to get an MRI, and I find out that I tore my labrum. And they're like, okay, so this is going to be four to six months or the entire season. So that, of course, was... A huge blow to me because i had spent the entire summer working on my game getting stronger faster and so this was really tough for me
3: it's had a huge impact we had a bunch of things this summer and mostly fall that we're going to obviously include him so we've had kind of rearrange our offense and how we're gonna guard defensively in some
6: ways. It's really hard because he's, he's having to really um, push himself even though he actually can't get to play the games. And usually during season, that's your motivation. You're like, okay, I've got a game this weekend. I've got to get my shot. I've got to do this. So he doesn't have the same feedback on a weekly basis that the players who are actually playing in the game. So I think that's that's tough. You have to be even a little more mentally tough to push yourself when the immediate reward is not there. You're looking long-term. You're saying, I'm investing for next season.
0: That's what this sport is about. I mean, that's what sports is about, is is you endure the disappointments when they come your way and you build on it and grow, and, and, and he'll do that for sure.
5: I'm not able to play right now, but that doesn't mean I should be any less involved or any less of a teammate, and so that's really helped me in my perspective of the
3: game. He, he's been incredible. It's been awesome having him on the
6: road with us, with our guys, just being around. I think it's made, made him a better teammate. I would probably say because he's he can't help them out there, and he has to cheer them from the sidelines.
0: Gavin Baxter is literally, no exaggeration, one of the elite athletes in all of college basketball. His length, uh, his verticality off the floor, his intensity, his timing around the rim, and catching balls and finishing is, is off the charts. And the only good thing about him being hurt this year is we get him for three more years on the tail end. But he has so much growth potential in his game, it's almost staggering to think about. He's gonna be an extraordinary player.
1: We can't wait to see what extraordinary things Gavin Baxter does in the near future. And
2: at the time, he was, not, he was not expected to return. So he ends up playing this year. He plays in seven games. He scores a total of nine points. He takes a total of eight shots. So you look statistically and go, oh, was it worth it? Mark Pope says Buy doesn't beat Gonzaga without Gavin Baxter. He thinks that defensively they needed his presence. So I would argue it was totally, totally worth it. it because BYU gets Matt Harms in part because they beat Gonzaga. They get in other people's top sevens, in part because <laughs> they beat Gonzaga. I think Gavin Baxter returning was a huge deal.
1: The Cougars are on the radar of some serious potential transfers.
2: Yes, they are. Okay, coming up, Dope or Nope, Cougar Hoops recruiting momentum.
1: And our Rise and Shoutout spotlight beating the coronavirus and an All-American mom, in the literal sense. This is the OE Sports Nation.
0: This segment of BYU Sports Nation is presented by the Tim Daly Auto Group, serving Utah since 1968. This segment of BYU Sports Nation presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event.
1: BYU Sports Nation rolls on in the studio bizzle. Show available anytime on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps.
2: Listen, you can consume it live on demand whenever you want. Just Google BYU Sports Nation podcast. It's available there as well.
1: Let's play Dope or Nope, presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. Number one, Jerem, Dope or Nope, multiple transfers and some at a very high level, like top seven potential landing spots level, have BYU as a place they could go.
2: Oh, this is dope. Uh, it's it's dope if they come, and Matt Harms did come. So uh, Alex Barcello, two-time Player of the Year last year came. Jake Toulson, Duke and Virginia were after him. He came. The recruiting momentum BYU men's basketball has right now is perhaps the best it's ever been.
1: Shout out to Patrick Ewing. This is totally dope, Jerem. I love that BYU basketball and Mark Pope are a potential landing spot for any and every transfer that has any sort of high level credibility.
2: Yeah, BYU this is amazing. BYU's starting this, right? Gonzaga is still the king of the league in that regard. But BYU is starting to get into that game. I like him. Right? Transfer
1: Nation, right?
2: The transfer Nation he'll go through is big. Dope or no, Price Jarman's new haircut. He posted this a couple days ago. Price told me that he's cleaned this up since with a bit of a fade. But uh, what, do, what do you think?
1: Harry, I took care of it. Uh, nope, this is a nope for me. I, <laughs> it's, the dumb, it's the dumb and dumber. He <laughs> used the bowl over his head and cut around. The bowl and, cut and, it was
2: popular in the <laughs> mid 90s, man.
1: This is a nope for me. Nope Price, as well. Price is a handsome kid. You don't need to do that. <laughs> he's, a, he's funny. That, he did that on purpose just to be funny. Number three, dope or nope? Speaking of BYU volleyball, Davide Gardinia, uh, Dar- Gardini rather, with a basketball volleyball mashup trick shot.
2: I'll go dope. Uh, I think this is fun. So, so he spikes it and then he he bumps it up. And uh, here he is in uh, what Ravenna, Italy. Spikes it, boom into the uh, hoop. We don't know how many takes this was, but I I trust that Davide, you know. He's got some skill here. Oh, oh, and now he's shooting the oh, jump. Oh, the a bank blast from the deep! Bank is open. I'll be honest, I hadn't seen the jumper on that. I thought it was just the bump in.
1: Okay, yeah, I was gonna go nope until I saw the deep bank three. The deep
2: bank three from that angle is harder than you think. <laughs> Look at this deep.
1: So dope. I will take it, Davide. Hope you're well in Italy, man.
2: Dope or nope? Twitter, the Twitter account of Michael Jordan on the bus dancing to different songs.
1: Um, This was dope until about the 78th different tweet I saw. (laughs) Then it became a nope, like enough, like enough.
2: It's dope. Every single one makes me laugh. And the one that made me laugh the most and slash excited was the NBA on NBC theme. (laughs) (laughs) The one that made me laugh the most was Owl City Fireflies. That is pretty funny because
1: his head is bobbing like... At the like he's really line. into it. Yes. She would not be listening <laughs> to Owl City.
2: Your boy would be listening to Owl City.
1: Number five, dope or nope. USF, as in South Florida football, Yeah, not Jerram. San Francisco. USF counts its win over BYU last season as a signature win for the program.
2: Listen, if you only knew BYU from three years ago to now, no, it, it, would, it would not be. But... BYU is a program that has, you know, like the sixth most wins in the last forty years. Prestige. I, yeah, yes, it's a signature win, but it's it's a nope because it's just USF football and they nope thing.
1: Dope, Jeremy. This is awesome. <laughs> this is so great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so so great. great. I have so many good memories about that game. Yeah, and what that a trip wonderful, what a wonderful night. Ugh. Afternoon, I guess. Our question of the day: If BYU football had a game today, would you be comfortable attending, and why? Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at B-Royal Blue Cook, says without question, through the entire pandemic I've felt comfortable and confident because I take precautions and am considerate to others' space and have been treated with the same respect, put guidelines down, have the manpower and authority to enforce them, and play ball.
2: Let's hope we do. Today's rise and shout-outs. Mine goes to Jonathan Pittman, wide receiver from 98 to 2000. He was a really good player, super influential in Lavelle's last game. He posted on Facebook that he was diagnosed positive with COVID-19. He has since recovered. That is great news for the former Cougar receiver.
1: Yes, Brandon Doman on 4th and 13 found Jonathan Pittman in Lavelle's last miracle. And then the next play and then he found, found him, him again. Yes, glad Jonathan's is doing well. My shout-out goes to Erica Burke-Jarvis and her coaches. They had a senior send-off series of tweets G. Taylor and Ed stone I thought, did a really nice job of putting her in the spotlight. It's one thing to be a multiple-time All-American. It's another to do it when you have a kid.
2: Yeah, and after she had a kid, too. so She's an all-time reviewer.
1: Man, all-time cross-country star. Our thanks to today's guest. BYU baseball head coach, Mike
2: Littlewood. We ran out of time. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Use the hashtag BYUSN.
1: For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Corey Snyder. We'll see you on BYU Sports Station tomorrow again in Studio B. Go Kooks.